welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. You can talk to your pet all you want, but can your pet talk back? Is your pet actually smarter than you are? What did Dr. Doolittle have that Karen Anderson doesn't? Hey there, and welcome to the 470th edition of Behind the Paranormal. 79th. 79th. 479th. Sorry. Let's get it right. It's been been a rough Monday. Uh, 479th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those strange questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we are bringing you this evening a special guest on a very unusual subject. Uh, even if you're if you're uh, if you've never seen a ghost or been chased by a UFO or shaken hands with Bigfoot, you've probably ha- you probably have or have had a pet. So uh, as we get into animal communication this evening, you can call us at 800-449-1240 or from anywhere else in the United States or Canada. The numbers are. Uh, Wait, we gave the wrong numbers. Huh. No, we didn't. Yes, right yes. No, it's not. No, no, we did the... 766 Anywhere else in the United States, 800-449-1240. That's the 401 area code. Yes. Anyway, we very seldom have psychic mediums on the show because we think that most of them are naive or ridiculous or both, with some exceptions. But Karen Anderson is different. A former deputy sheriff in Colorado mm-hmm. and now a resident of Washington State, Karen found that from an early age she could communicate with animals. In fact, she was surprised to find out later that not everyone could do that. Karen has been a friend of ours for years, and you can read her whole story in her book, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator, and find out more in the audio program, You Can Talk to Animals. No crystal balls or candles or anything like that here. Uh, Karen has uh, surprised us and our listeners with the news, advice, and messages she has communicated from animals and from people who have translated, uh, that's died for those of you who stick to the old-time religion, she considers herself an evidential, evidential, evidential medium and has an international reputation. The last time she was on the show, Karen described what two of our neighborhood cats were thinking to agree that amazed me. Our cat was even giving me dietary advice. Well, anyway, probably because he knew that he'd get the tuna if I didn't. But anyway, uh, Karen appears widely and has been a keynote speaker. So, so Karen Anderson, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Well, hello, my two favorite paranormal people. Oh, thank you. you. I love the alliteration. So, what is an evidential medium? An an evidential medium. My definition is I do my very best to give as much evidence, facts, and validation so that you know that the information I'm getting is really real and I didn't just Google your name. Okay. Sorry, let me just start. Putting on my headset here. Okay, that's. Um, what well, can you give us examples of the kinds of evidence you uh, you look for? I would love to. Um, I will give you an example from a session that I just had uh, right before I, um, coming onto your show today. I had a first time client contact me so that she could communicate with her deceased cat who had just transitioned, meaning passed away. And that kitty came through with her mom, her friend, her ex-husband, and well, you talk about the, the 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 subject, not the not the cat. What's that? You, you're talking about the, the the woman's relatives, not the cat's relative. I'm not being facetious. <laughs> just being an <laughs> editor, I can't help but notice modifiers. But go ahead, Karen. <laughs> Stop it, Paul. <laughs> 
Um, no, the humans, the, de- the deceased departed humans okay. were coming through. So during the session and talking to the cat, whose name was Callie, and she was a beautiful calico, of course, um, she shared with me specific details about her illness and the issues she was having, pointing to her stomach and telling me she had a lot of um, upset in the abdomen. And her mom then confirmed that she did. She was having a lot of troubles with her digestion. And then we got the extra bonus of having all of um, the human uh, family and friends come through. And they shared detailed information, such as the type of powder that she used on her mom to help her. Mom was 99 when she passed. Hmm. So uh, she had a specific type of powder that she would use on her mom to help her be more comfortable. That information came through along with her best friend who kind of butted into the session and shared her dynamic and outgoing personality with me using very colorful language. I'll leave that up to your imagination. Okay. And her ex-husband showed up, and he talked about his toes, and apparently he had a thing about toes, and it was a joke between the two of them that only the two of them knew about. That, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, well, because you know us, Karen. Uh, we want to know how this works and why it is what it is and this sort of thing. Where, where would the... How often do people... So you, you, is, it, is it your contention or, do, or do, you, do you venture an opinion on where these people were with this cat? Were they in the same reality, the same world? Because, you know, we, we don't believe in the spirit world, quote-unquote. I mean, there are millions of worlds, in our opinion, in our experience with all kinds of possibilities where people never died, and that's where they come from. That's our opinion. What, what say you about where they were and what was really going on here? Well, you mean if I could put a location on them? If yeah, I could, or, or, or if that even has any meaning. I, I don't know. You tell us. Well, I'll tell you my experience and how it feels to me. Sure. Is I can I can tell when I'm about to begin a session before the client ever calls me, I can feel the spirit energies, the departed humans, departed animals, even the animals that are still living that I connect with, I can feel their energy moving into my space, kind of like when you're, an example would be when you're at the grocery store standing in line and somebody comes up behind you and they get just a little bit too close, they don't actually touch you, but you can feel them move into your space. Yeah, the bioelectric fields touch, yeah. Yes, so I feel that energy move into my space. So in my experience, they're in the same realm, if you will. They're in the same space that I'm in. They just don't have a physical body. So I don't feel like they're on another planet or somewhere else. I feel them right here. See, that kind of bothers me. I I know we're supposed to be talking about animals, but this this applies to them, too, because they they come through as well. Um, I, I always wonder how can you be you without your body? It's it's part of you, and and wh- where what happens when you if you have no brain? No, how can you think if you have no no mouth, uh, vocal cords? How can you talk? You know, th- these are just questions that arose way back in the seventies for me when I just started out. I mean, it seems it seemed like those explanations weren't good enough. Right, and and you know those are great questions, and I can only tell you. I don't know how they do it, but mm-hmm. they do it. Yeah, I hear. I, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I hear them in my in my mind. I don't 
sometimes I hear them with my, my ears, like as you and I are speaking, I hear the conversation, but most of the time I hear them in my head. And other times they'll actually physically touch me. I had um, an experience in the car yesterday. I was driving over to a friend's house, and I felt someone tapping on my shoulder. Of course, I was in the car by myself. Um, those kinds of things happen all the time. I walked out one time to go out and make a cup of coffee in the morning, and there was somebody's departed grandfather sitting on my living room couch watching TV. Mm-hmm. So that's my experience is that they they somehow are able to manifest using different forms of, of things for their energy, meaning uh, electronic equipment, um, Anything with moving water, they're able to somehow uh, utilize that as a source of energy to manifest or to get a message through. I've also noticed uh, just recently it's come to my, um, to the, uh, from one of my clients, has come to my attention that he found EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon, I know you guys know what that is, mm. uh, in our sessions that he and I had dating back more than three years. Mm-hmm. And he went back and he's listening to the sessions and you you can actually hear these EVPs while we're talking. And you mostly hear the EVPs right before, during, and after one of us is talking. It, like they're using our voice, our energy, however you want to describe that, in order to get their message out now it's not you can't hear it with just an audible ear listening to the playback you have to put on headphones and then run it through an EVP program so that you can really identify and isolate those voices that aren't mine or my clients but it happens I just yeah I I just listened about 10 of them yesterday it was the coolest thing yeah and and, it, and I don't know. I don't know how to explain that other than it happened. Oh well, it does. And uh, we'll get back to the animals in a minute. But I'm fascinated by this. One of the things, and, and you know us very well. You know, uh, known each other for years. Our, our position is um, that, at least in, in our experience, nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. So we don't trust a lot of these things. How do you know? How do? You, what steps do you take, or how do you know that what is talking to you is really what it claims to be? Oh, like it's not some other form or some other entity or whatever. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ruses out there, a lot of danger in that regard. Right. I mean, you're talking well, you're to a guy t- who's had practically had a fist fight with a poltergeist. <laughs> who had? Me. You did? Physical alter. Oh yeah, 1974, Bridgeport, Connecticut. The thing, the thing bumped up against me trying to get at the child I was trying to protect. I bumped it back. I could barely see it, but it was very, very physical. There was bone structure there. Oh, man. i got to hear that story off the air. But, no, that's that's like, whoa. I mean, I've had physical experiences on different ghost investigations that I've done, too. But that's, I didn't know you did ghost investigations. Boy, you're, uh, you're full of unrevealed information, Carol. <laughs> I've been holding out on you guys. Oh. Well, that's not true. Well, that, that, that's stuff for more shows, but 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 how how do you tell what what you're really talking to? How do you know it's what it says it is? Man, well, I don't trust I don't, half the people I meet on the street. Right. Well, that's true. But remember, first and foremost, you're talking to a former police officer here. That's true. Yeah. So I have my own awareness, and I'll call it um, my levels of protection that I have up, not only energetically, 
but also I'm very suspicious of everybody and everything. So I am like you. I double, triple, quadruple check to make sure that this is who I'm connecting with mm-hmm. by getting those very personal types of, of items and information that come through along with a description of what I'm seeing. And um, I have usually, I can, I can tell instantly if it's a uh, friend or foe uh, that's doing whatever the talking. In fact, I just had a session the other day with a very sweet friend of mine, Susan, and um, I had to get this really annoying, energetic jerk out of the way because <laughs> this male jerk wouldn't let me connect with her family. He was standing in between me and her family, literally, in, in my office, if you will, and he kept messing up the messages and he kept spoiling all of the connection that they were trying to make with me. So I had to go in and do a few things that I do, different types of clearing and calling upon my energetic helpers and I finally got him out of there and I was able to have an awesome session with her but that doesn't happen very often I mean that was the first time that has happened in a long time probably a couple years Mm -hmm. normally they're afraid of me and they don't mess with me that's what we find yeah well you have their number that they don't like to hang around exactly And, and you know if you don't put up with it they go somewhere else where they can be more upsetting you know it yeah they can feed on somebody else the, yeah you know. it, they don't they don't get what they want from me so they go they go to the next place but right. um yeah that was kind of a pain because i had to spend about 20 minutes trying to get rid of this annoyance mm. but other than that um you know i would say with with quite a bit of confidence of course never 100 percent because i can't you know, I can't check their ID or their fingerprint or their Social Security number, of course. <laughs> yeah. Date of birth, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I can I can feel it when it's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's true because I, you know, I can't question that because I try and do the same thing. Uh, well, let's get back to the animals then. Um, last time you were on, you, you really you really uh, knocked me sideways with uh, your analysis of two cats. I'm sure you don't remember, but uh, there, there were there's a cat that we Oh, I don't. I don't say Owen because he's more of a friend. He lives with us, or a brother. And uh, the cat next door, who's kind of, and all I can think of is the old cartoon. Anybody who had kids in the '90s was familiar with the cartoon Pinky in the Brain. The two mice. One was trying to conquer the world, and the other was kind of a dope who kind of helped him. And that's these two cats. Ours is ours is the brain, and the other one is kind of a goofy, you know, guy who hangs out and you know does all these silly things. And you you pinned them amazingly. It was incredible. So, there and in your book, um, "Here All Creatures," there are some amazing stories of animals with very great wisdom, who sort of pass this on to, the, to their poor, dumb, stumbling owners, or, or, or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, so are the animals, at least at times, if, if you might want to use the term, smarter than we are, or perhaps have more wisdom or more depth or, or older souls or whatever? Well, I would say that in my experience. Um they are absolutely far more intelligent than we give them credit for. It's just whether or not they use it, utilize it, just like us. I mean, we could have all the smarts and brains and intelligence in the world, but if we don't use it or apply it, it will, you know, it's not really doing anything. It's just kind of sitting there. Mm. 
So I think, personally, that if the animal is with a human who supports that, develops that, feeds that, nurtures that, you're going to have the perfect scenario for that animal to grow even more and become even more tuned in or, you know, I don't even want to say human-like because in some cases the animals are much brighter than... (laughs) Some of the humans I've come across, especially in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it it really is different for each animal. There's no set breed. There's no species. There's no type of animal that's smarter than the other. Uh, And and I will go right into, you know, that whales and, and dolphin and, oh, let's see what else is supposed to be. Well, we have um the apes, the gorillas that communicate with hand signals and all of that sort of thing. And I've connected with all of the above. And you still have varying degrees and varying layers of intelligence where you're going to have, let's say, one super smart gorilla. There might be ten that aren't that way. Sure. So it's not just all gorillas. It's not all dogs. It's not all cats. It's various sprinklings throughout that particular group. Mm -hmm. Just like if you took a a random sample of 100 people off the streets of Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and did an IQ test with them or intelligence otherwise test with them, you're going to have a few that stand out and a few that are below par, and then most of them are going to be lumped in the middle. Yeah, you have to say Woonsocket or they'll know you're from the West Coast. Oh, what did I say? You said wound socket. A lot of people do that. Don't let it happen again. Anyway. Oh, you know, I can't help this West Coast accent. I know. <laughs> You're funny. Well, so my friend in Virginia once referred to my annoying New England accent. But in any case, uh, <laughs> speaking of accents and the animals, uh, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I, I've always suspected that animals have rather, particularly within certain species and even beyond their species, have... Uh, almost organized societies, if not civilizations. Um, I don't know if you've ever suspected that, but what got me going on that was many years ago when we lived in our old place, which was in Cumberland, Rhode Island, the next town south of here. We were kind of in the woods, and we had, up at any one time, nine, eight or nine cats, because we had chickens, and, you know, the cats are important to keep the rodents away and that, that kind of thing. But they had a society, and they rather shared it with some of the local wildlife. Now, I, I fed them out. We had a, a couple of million square feet of deck space, not that much, but a lot. And I know it's a dumb idea, but I fed them outside. And uh, they had their friends from among the possums and uh, a couple of raccoons the size of buffaloes and a few other animals would come along, and they would share the food. When the alpha cat died, who was a female, by the way, I uh, was taking her body to be buried. The cats sat around in a circle as I did so. And then I went to the gravesite. They, they followed me, sat around in a circle as a, you know, very, very reverently. The, the new alpha came up and rubbed against me, which I guess is, the, is their ritual. One of those cats sat by that grave every day for a week. They took turns. And then they would go up to her place on the the deck that where she always used to sit and, and cause rather kind of hold court as if she was still there and it was just amazing to, and I began to wonder do, if they have a, a society of some kind do they not have a spirituality too what, what, what say you 
Oh, I definitely think that, and I definitely believe that we can learn a lot from them. They can teach us a lot about, you know, just the, the whole aspect of, of life and keeping it simple and staying in the moment and not dwelling on the past or the future. Um, I, I really feel that. I feel they can teach us a lot, and, and what they do, I mean, let's think about it. They've been here a lot longer than we have. Oh, yeah. You know, they have survived over, you know, eons and eons, and they have they have flourished. And, um, you know, we kind of have messed things up in the short time that we've been on Earth. Yeah, you might say so, that. <laughs> so I really try to look to my guys, my animals, my crew, and um, not only pay attention to how they handle things, but to stay open and, and learn from them, because it's really... You know, what comes right down to it, we don't need very much. Why we have to accumulate all these things we accumulate, I don't know. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And you'll go to school for uh, 12 or 16 years just, just to get by. Yeah, yeah. You know, not that so, there's anything wrong with learning. I, I was actually involved in an experiment where they were testing different animals to see what... Mm, how they could figure out how to solve simple problems and, and that sort of thing. And it's pretty amazing. Like, you even get down into the insects, which I don't usually communicate with insects because I don't want to. <laughs> and uh, nothing wrong with them. I just would rather not spend my time doing that. Yeah. But um, they they work together as, like, um, a group mind, mm-hmm. like, like a colony of ants, for instance. They work together in a group. Um, not necessarily a singular uh, or mice or or uh, going into the rodents. You know, it's it's different. Um, I it's it's something that they pull all of their thoughts together, and then I can connect with them as one group. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing just fascinates me. I'm always trying to learn more, find out more, and um, get as much information as I can in that respect because, again, insects have been here much longer than we have. Sure. Well, certainly learning more all the time is the best use to which your mind can be put. So certainly uh, let's um, move on to uh, some new information you said you had. I don't know what it is, but uh, what have you been up to lately? I remember there was a a court case or whatever that you were thinking about last time we talked, but what's what's going on with you? Well, let's see. I am working on um, some cold cases with um, my my uh, law enforcement pal. You might know him from Animal Planet's Rescue Inc., Angel Nieves. Okay. And he and I work on cold cases together. Um, many of them are involving animals that were perhaps the only witness or the last witness to a crime. And uh, we're currently working on one out of New York where a girl was uh, murdered and the suspect had his his dog with him there in Central Park where it happened. And the dog has since passed on, um, but of course I can still connect with them. So um, Angel and I are, are doing what we can to put pieces together. Um, he's retired now from NYPD, but he still has a lot of um, connections there as well so that we can get closure for the family and um, it's been I don't know a decade since she was murdered maybe even longer I can't remember exactly when but it's been a while 
so I'm working on those kind of cases and also just like I said just doing some ghost investigations and going through some of the sessions that I've done recently and listening to the EVPs and how um, you can hear conversations going on in the background and no it's not a party line I mean these are they're actually commenting on on some of the information that I'm talking about during the sessions or that my clients are talking about during the sessions. It's just fascinating. They can utilize my phone line, and I'm on an old-fashioned phone with a cord, and they can utilize that to be a part of the session. Well, we often find that electronic stuff is, is um, sort of ties in with a lot of the uh, electromagnetic energies that are going on here. But I, let's go back to this cord, these cases, the cold cases. This is really fringe, and that's amazing stuff. Is, is there any credence being paid to this by the authorities, or is it just for the sake of the well-being of the, of the, or the peace of mind of the family in, well, in this case in New York? Well, it helps that Angel and I are both former law enforcement, because then we don't come across as two flakes. Sure. So, I mean, that definitely helps. And Angel has a, quite a reputation in the industry, um, law enforcement on the East Coast. So we do have an ear of those who will listen to us. It's not the majority, I'll tell you that much, but, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it helps even solve one family's pain or bring a closure to it, then, you know, to me that's worth it. So what I'm doing and what I'm working on is putting together um, cases, new cases, so f- listeners, if you're out there and you have a situation where an animal was perhaps involved in either an unsolved mystery or a cold case or missing person, any of those things, I'm putting together um, situations like that to see if we can get them solved in hopes of actually going um, on the air. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break right now and uh, we are listening to, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley we'll be right back with Karen Anderson and more of this fascinating stuff on animal communication and more stick with us Hi, this is Romeo Berthiam inviting you to join me every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 for the Saturday Show. This all-request program includes music, news, sports, weather, and all sorts of community announcements. And what a great way to start your weekend. Join me this Saturday morning. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. Hello, I'm Celeste Kimball-Leverell, Vice President of the Woonsocket High School Music Boosters. On September 15th, the Music Boosters are hosting our annual golf tournament. Our biggest fundraiser helps talented students attend the National Music Festival in Williamsburg, Virginia. The tournament is at Country View Golf Course in Boroughville with dinner to follow at the Village Haven Restaurant. The fees for golf is $100 per person, including cart and dinner. We're also looking for sponsors for our T-shirt and our T-signs. For more information, please contact me at 787-5523. Thank you. You can depend on us for public service. Owen Radio. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. I just wanted to mention a couple of the charities that Ben and I have adopted. Now I was just—I thought I was going to be late for the show this evening because I was out in um, 
Burrowville, town nearby, Burrowville, Rhode Island, um, with Congressman James Langevin and uh, the Builders Helping Heroes uh, charity uh, is building a house there uh, in cooperation with uh, Homes for Our Troops uh, located in uh, Fall River, Massachusetts. And we are... Um, it's co- I'm following the whole thing. I'm taking some photographs of it. It's really a great uh, thing that's going on out there. Uh, now, Corporal Kevin Dubois lost both his legs in, in, uh, on his second, I believe it was his second tour in Afghanistan. And he's a young man, a young wife. They don't even have any children yet. But this house is being built for him by Homes for Our Troops and Builders Helping Heroes at absolutely no charge. And it's, a, it's really taking shape. It's really great. So um, just out there, and I would uh, point that out, Homes for Our Troops and BuildersHelpingHeroes.org, HomesForOurTroops.org, too. Also, USACares.org uh, gives a lot of financial aid to our veterans. And Canadian Veterans Advocacy, uh, a lot of Canadian connections around this part of New England, and certainly on my part, personally. And we have um, uh, our very gallant troops from Canada who have been by our side during the war on terror, the whole thing. So Canadian Veterans Advocacy, uh, founded by my friend Michael Blaze in Ontario, and they're doing a great job, too, in uh, getting justice uh, and everything that, that can be done for the veterans legally uh, in Canada. So check out those um, those charities, CanadianVeteransAdvocacy.org, USACares.org. Check them out. Okay, we're back with our, uh, our fascinating guest, and our, certainly our old friend Karen Anderson. Uh, now, Karen, uh, with everything else we've been talking about, uh, I happen to notice you have a lovely video on YouTube about how to talk with animals. Uh, you say, get quiet, picture the message in your mind, send your thoughts to their head, mind or heart, accept and be open, wait quietly for a response, and trust what you get. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. Um, if you've ever had animals around your house or grew up with them, we all rely on physical cues, and we kind of think that communication is just that, just I'm reading the cues of the animal's body or the body language. And certainly I was a skeptic going into this, but um, not anymore. And I work from a photo, so I don't know how exactly how you could get clues from a photo in body language, but... You can't. You have to really read that that energy and and get a feel for that animal, and and it really is just a matter of concentrating on the animal and going with your first instincts. And I I recommend and what I teach to my students is to always start with an animal that you're less familiar with, because we're more likely to discount what we're getting if it's from our own animal because we think we know them really well and we already know the answers to most of the questions that you can think of to ask them so I I recommend starting with animals you're less familiar with and it has you have to be quiet in your head and that was I think the hardest obstacle for me to get over because I couldn't get my head to be quiet and I really had that's a big thing for a lot of people oh yeah and you know we're brought up in this society where we have to see the news and know what the economy is doing and, you know, everything else that's going on in the world. And let me just take that opportunity to say thank you to our veterans because I was listening to your um, your last announcement there. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everyone who is serving or has served. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, um, it's really tough. And I came from a um, law enforcement background where you had to be running scenarios through your head all the time of if this happens I'm going to do this if that happens I'm going to do that and a financial background I was in the mortgage business for about 18 years 
So I had numbers and computers and interest rates and prepayment penalties and amortization. I had all of that stuff floating around my head. So it really took me a long time before I could sharpen my skills and really start to shut down my brain, so to speak, and and let the messages come through. The animals communicate with us all the time telepathically, can't talk, by sending those nonverbal messages to us, but our brains are too busy listening to other things, and so we don't always hear them. But when I do have a session with a new client, let's say, it's amazing to me how many of them say, you know, that's what I was thinking, or I had that same thought, or, you know, I knew there was something wrong. I knew it was this, or I knew it was that. We tend to discount the information we get and doubt ourselves. And so that's why I say trust what you get. If you got that, then you got it for a reason. And there doesn't have to be only one right answer. For instance, if I ask an animal what their favorite treat is to eat, for instance, um, they can say anything from, you know, liver snaps to bacon treats to milk bones or whatever. And truly, there doesn't have to be one right answer. If you ask me what my favorite food was today, I might say, Um, mint chocolate chip ice cream but tomorrow I might say spaghetti and the next day I might say um, Mexican food those are all correct there isn't one of them that is more right it just depends on how I feel that day animals are the same way Hmm. it just depends on what kind of mood they're in so quieting down the mind and focusing for me were the two toughest things to do but that's really important if you want to be able to receive a message. I guarantee you right now you're receiving messages when your animals are around, when you're focusing on your animals. You're getting messages. It's just I'm able to show you and have you acknowledge how you receive them because we all receive them in a different way. Hmm. You might hear it, you might see it, you might feel it. It, it just depends on how you receive that information. Okay, I hear you on that, especially having owned horses. But uh, I haven't given our numbers. Ben always reminds me I should give our numbers in case anybody has a relevant pet question for Karen. Uh, locally, 401 uh, Nationally or throughout North America, 800-449-1240 before we burn up this hour. And before we do so, Karen, uh, I want to give you a chance uh, before we run out of time uh, w- to tell us about uh, your website, the, the book, the video, whatever you'd like to do to find out you know, where people can find out more about you. Well, I have, um, I'm on Facebook, Karen Anderson, animal communicator and author, I think is what it is. Or they can certainly go to your site on Facebook and they can find me there. Sure because I'm on that page. And um, I do have a video on YouTube. It's called You Can Talk to Animals, and it just walks you through the basic steps of how to connect and how to communicate. My book, Hear All Creatures, um, is still available. I have uh, I can personalize copies. You can order them directly through me, through my website. My website is karenanderson.net. And like I said, I'm working on putting together some unsolved mysteries, cold cases, so if anybody is out there and they have something where an animal was perhaps involved or witnessed, I'd love to hear from you. Great. 
Okay. Uh, so what other cases have you had, not necessarily cases, but examples of animals communicating with their owners? What, what interesting ones have you had lately? Well, uh, let me see. I had one particular one that stands out, and it was a in California, northern California, there was a, a horse barn, a thoroughbred barn, that was broken into in the middle of the night, and somebody went in there and... Um, beat the horses, some of them to death. I think and I heard that it, on the news. It was horrible. Awful. And so um, there were even little foals and young horses that were attacked as well. And the ones that survived didn't, couldn't stay. They had to um, put them down, too, because they were so badly beaten. So my job was to find out who did it. And um, I was able to get descriptions and names and the information about the vehicle that was driven. I mean, it was it was pretty amazing to me. So that one stands out in my mind. And um, another situation involving a barn, and this was in the, on the East Coast, is that there was one horse that was. Um, having health issues one after another after another after another and there turns out that there was a lot of paranormal activity in this barn because it was on a very old farm and the land was um there was a lot of activity paranormal activity on the land itself and so i was contacted to see if i could find out how to help this horse and it turned out that i was able to connect with the prior residents who used to live on that property, who used to own it, who built the farm. There was also a man who had committed suicide um, on the property, on the location. There was just a lot of anger and a lot of issues hanging on in that general area. And I contacted a few of my friends. Ron Solar was one. And uh, we did a bunch of healing and follow-up with them and basically appeased the energies that were there because they just wanted to be acknowledged that they still own that property. They mm. still live there. I might have had something to say about that. Karen, we have a caller. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, hello and welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hello. Hi. Uh, you have a question for Karen Anderson? Yeah, yes, I do. And it's been very interesting hearing about pets uh, because I all often thought the same thing. Okay. That, um, I have one who... Well, I believe it's psychic, like, bonded to me. <laughs> Some people don't understand that, but... Well, um, do tell us. Tell us your experience. Yes. When I was... Uh, I was quite ill at one time, and this cat would not leave my side. And then I have another cat that's totally opposite, and she's attacking her and her litter box like it's a game... Like I have two spirits here, and, and they're I, battling. Yeah, they don't get along at all. And there's one in particular, and you, you did mention you can sense that um, the type of uh, pet. And I'm wondering if you can distinguish the difference. Well, why don't you tell us first of all about the two cats? I don't know how much time we have. All right, one, one is eight years old. The older one is about 14. Okay. And 
Um, the one that's eight is the one that attacks the older one. She won't stop it. And the other one is, like, uh, bonded to me. She's always, when I don't feel well, she's right there like a spirit. She makes me feel better, and she knows it. And I look in her eyes, and it's like communication. It is communication, and and I'm and I'm glad that you recognize that. And it, it goes much deeper than um, verbal communication. You know, it's those are bonds of love. And there's the no words. That, to, yeah, there's no, there's no words to say. It's just there. There aren't. There aren't. And um, there's there's someone with a. A name that starts with a D is in Diane connected here. Right. Yes? Yes. Okay. Because I'm getting a capital D. So um, what I'm feeling here is a very strong um, jealousy, attention issue right off the bat, along with a secondary issue of entertainment purposes. It's... it's um, really common to find that indoor cats or kitties that are in the house with other kitties, they'll start picking on each other out of entertainment. Um, but the main feeling that I'm getting here is that there's a jealousy, that the, the younger one appears to be more jealous um, of the time that the older one gets to spend with you. So um, there's some of that going on, too. And is... Are there plenty of litter boxes around? Because in my opinion, you can't have enough litter boxes. We tried that, and it doesn't work. Doesn't work. No, it didn't. <laughs> no. Okay. And and truly, uh, sometimes you do have to separate them if if there's a big problem like that. I've had to do that before. It's, where it's not severe, but it's you know it's not right. <laughs> right. Well. Um, I, I do feel that the jealousy is in there and, and that feeling of um, entertainment, too, that there sometimes they entertain themselves in ways that we don't want, so that's why we have to provide lots of interesting things for our kitties to do um, because they need that distraction. They need different things. They need to have something fun and interesting on any given day. We do Not that, but, but oh, after good. She, she does good, it good. all over again, like... <laughs> Well, she's welcome like to come up here and criticize my diet like my cat does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's well taken care of. She really oh, is. Oh, that's good. It, I'm sure that, that thing she does, and it's really annoying. Right. It is annoying. It is. And so what I would recommend, and can you kind of see when this is about to happen? Are you able to kind of feel it? Yeah. And sense it? Yes, okay. I am. All right, one one thing I will recommend, and this goes to any type of behavior for any of the listeners, any type of behavior, you can almost tell and predict when it's about to happen, um, but I will do some crazy things such as stomping on the floor or clapping my hands or even letting I out I have a water bottle I spray at her. Oh, yeah. But I that, can't be there 24-7 right, doing that. Right, right. Right. Um, and that's why um, sometimes I'll just let out a really loud eek sound, as in E-E-E-K, just a really loud eek. If you watch two kittens playing, if one's getting the worst end of it, you'll hear them let out a, a, a shriek like that, and then the, the one that's beaten up on them will usually back off. So it tells them in their own language to knock it off. Yeah. So <laughs> those but are getting things. back to that, um, excuse mm -hmm. me, um, I'm just getting, I know you're running out of time, um, I'm, I'm just getting back to that spirit world. 
this cat has zero spirit with me. The younger one? Yeah. The yeah, other one has, like... Like everything. Everything oh, connected. Like, I just... She understands me. I get her, and... Yeah. And, um, and lucky you. I have many clients who would give anything to have that kind of connection. Oh, and so older. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and, well... Yeah, and you probably cater to her, and there again comes the jealousy. But an- another thing, too, and I'll have to just wrap it up real quick here, but keep in mind what you want. Keep in mind how you want it to look. Keep it in the positive, and really picture how you would like them to get along together, even if it's just to ignore each other, and put those thoughts that's out there. That's what they do. <laughs> they ignore each other. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Right. Thank well, very good. Well, th- we have another call coming, but thank you very yeah, much. Thank you so much for talking with me. Sure. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about sometime, Karen, was, uh, is that another call or not? No. Oh, I guess. Sorry about that. Well, it was about uh, horses. And I remember one of the things that struck me about horses, Karen, uh, when I I owned uh, two of them, and was was there, and all animals really, is their absolute honesty. You know, uh, unless, you know, obviously they have ways of kind of manipulating you to, if they know what works to get food, things like that. But, but, uh, but they're really utterly honest creatures and they can teach you about instinct and they can teach you about respect and they certainly can teach you about being honest, even with yourself. Uh, very much so. And, and one, of the, one of the things I find interesting, Paul and Ben, is that when my clients uh, talk to me about the behavioral problems they're having with their animals this is going to tie right into what you're saying i will find that it's almost always something about the human that the human doesn't like that the animal is bringing out such as their insecurities um past experiences um it it's just this really cool twist on things if you will and how ironic it is that if there's a problem between human and animal I can almost always trace it back to something that the human doesn't like about themselves interesting yeah I mean not that a human wouldn't be upset about going in the litter box that's not what I'm talking about well no not generally (laughs) not as a rule you know the the way that you handle difficult situations or the the confidence that you have you know so much of of who we are is how confident we are and how that um, that feeling goes out in our work, in our family, in, in everything that we do. And uh, animals reflect back to us who we are. Mm-hmm. So they're like little barometers, little mirrors. They can show us where our strengths are. They can show us where our weaknesses are. And for those people who are open to it, you can learn a lot just by realizing what some of the things are that drive you nuts about your animals. Sure. And and look at yourself and say, okay, you know, why is this bugging me so much? Maybe I need to work on something here. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, one of the things, well, I should point out, too, that Ben is here, but he also uh, works at the station, and he's been running around trying to get some stuff done uh, at the same time. So. Yeah, sorry. There's a lot, lot going on. It's been a very busy 40 minutes. Yeah. So... Uh, one of the things, too, I wanted to ask you, Karen, uh, and I want to talk more sometime uh, about, uh, you know, your, your paranormal investigations. I didn't even realize you did that. Uh, what, what connections, if any, have you seen between animals and other paranormal phenomena? I remember the, in this Bridgeport case where I had the, the altercation with the poltergeist, there was a cat who uh, supposedly could talk, right? 
And to me, it was a little, I could see, I see very clearly it was a little girl doing it, but I will never forget the sight of, of uh, reporters from CBS, NBC, and ABC, the, two big, the three big networks at the time, sticking microphones up to the cat and asking it to say something. I, I'll never get over that sight. <laughs> but in any case, have you encountered animals uh, involved somehow with parano- other paranormal events, whether it be ghosts, quote-unquote, or UFOs, anything like that? Do you mean, are you referencing animals that are living currently that are involved in paranormal or... Yeah, ordinary, everyday garden variety, cats and dogs, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, to me, they're they're the the best at announcing that there's something present in energy or entity or whatever you want to call it. They can sense and feel them, hear them quicker than we can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's true, too. Although there are some who don't seem to be able to do that. I have a photograph uh, taken by a good friend of mine in New Yorkshire, England, of his son standing there with um, a, a new puppy that he had. And the puppy is, uh, <clears throat> there's a, a, a woman standing behind his shoulder looking at the dog who wasn't there when the picture was taken. In fact, a lot of things in the picture were not as they were when it was taken. And the dog is kind of just sort of staring off into space with a kind of dumb look on his face doesn't seem to even notice um, this dog had a history of not doing smart things as I later found out but um, it seems that uh, while I have noticed many uh, sensitivities on the parts of animals particularly horses and dogs to this stuff there are some who just seem oblivious <laughs> we had a dog Ben you remember Wyatt the dog I took you this is you were, yeah. too, you were too young to even be involved in this but I took him on a, on a case or two uh, more than once, and um, I, I call him the world's only ghost hunting dog. He's, you know, we don't have him anymore. He, my wife had uh, asthma, and he moved in with uh, the rescue lady. But he was a, he was gangbusters with this. I mean, he he wasn't afraid of it. He he saved me hours worth of work. He'd run in, and point out exactly like the bathroom or wherever something was going on. And he'd point it out, and then he, he didn't like it, but he helped and he did it. So that, I'd never seen that before. So it seems like that, it depends on the cool. animal. Yeah, that's, it is. It does depend on the animal. Some are just better at it. I've, I've had so many reports of my clients telling me that their animal is staring up in the corner, up in the ceiling, or they're looking at something and there's nothing there. Those are all indications that you're having a visitation from a, probably a loved one. It's usually a loved one uh, just stopping by to say hello well, every once in a while. Not my experience, but uh, we'll, well do that as it every, you're you're going in different places, Paul. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I remember one case, a nasty parasite case, right here in Woonsocket, and there was a poor little poodle. This goes back a few years. There was a poor little poodle in this house, and as this case progressed, the poor thing's its hair started to fall out, and it would stare at this corner and bark. And that's how the people really first knew something weird was going on, and then they felt it themselves. And the poor thing finally it, like had a heart attack. It was awful. And uh, I don't think I, I, I've never seen where one of these negative things will actually uh, kill an animal. Though, though I, people swear that that has happened. Um, I, I just I didn't um, I, I just felt so sorry for this poor thing. And then there was another case in Denmark where there were some puppies, and they would, they kept dying. And uh, there was other stuff going on in the house. And uh, one of our colleagues over there, whose last name also happens to be Eno, although we're not related <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, advise the people to, you know, being aware of various energies, uh, advise the people to move the puppy's bed across the room. They did. Nothing else ever happened to them. 
and mm-hmm. it was uh, with a Tallulah current or some sort of stuff that was going on, and uh, all the problems ceased. So you can see where almost like feng shui kind of comes into, and energy flow kind of comes into play here. And paranormal puppies. Paranormal <laughs> puppies, yeah, they, they really flew when people weren't looking. Mm. So, um, so what are you working on right now? We, we only have a few more minutes. I'm afra- oh, four minutes. We're going to need four minutes. All right, Karen, I'm afraid I'm going to have to to uh, end our conversation as much as I hate to. We're, we're almost out of time. But once again, why don't you give us uh, your website and how people can get in touch with you? Okay, absolutely. The website is KarenAnderson.net. You can also find me on Facebook. I'll be on um, the um, on your website. They can find me there or search for Karen Anderson, author, animal communicator. And uh, you can connect with me through the website that's the best way to get me is through email because as you can imagine i'm on the phone all day and i've got my book here all creatures which is available and uh, i'm working on these cold cases unsolved mysteries where animals were a witness uh, missing persons or anybody that has anything interesting like that um get in touch with me through my website very good. Very interesting stuff, and we're going to keep in touch with you, especially about those those cold cases. Great stuff. Karen, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Okay. Well, folks, Karen Anderson, uh, we have a lot of announcements tonight. Uh, the first one is a rather sad one. Uh, those of you who were listening to our show or listened to the podcast mm-hmm. for, Ju- for June 2nd of this year, I heard that a wonderful fellow, uh, Jesse Marcel Jr., his father was the first was the head of intelligence at the Roswell Army Airfield in New Mexico in 1947 when the great, uh, uh, much, much uh, publicized crash occurred there that a lot of people believe was that of a UFO. And he was the first officer on scene for that. And uh, his son sort of grew up with this. And uh, we were only just getting to know him, a modest man, true gentleman. And he passed away yesterday, or translated, as we say, or transitioned, as Karen said. I like that, too. So Jesse Marcel, Jr., so please, uh, prayers and good thoughts for him and his, his family. Wonderful fellow. He was a doctor, and I wish we had gotten to know him better, uh, Jesse Marcel, Jr. Okay. Uh, you want, Okay. Uh, you're not in position to do that. I'll do it. We will have a drawing in early October for two free four-ticket family packs for the first national, uh, first national, first New England <laughs> UFO conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts, on Saturday, October 26th. Ben and I will be up there tomorrow checking out the venue. Among the speakers will be some of the UFO experts who are regulars on our show: Stanton Friedman, Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, among others. And Ben and I will be there ourselves to interview them in front of a live audience, and they'll take questions from the audience as well. And all you have to do to enter is send an email to us at paulbehindtheparanormal.com or drop us a snail mail at uh, Behind the Paranormal, care of Woonsocket, uh, W-O-O-N, 1240 AM, 985 Park Ave, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. Please include your name, address, and phone number, and that your name first and last, not just your first name. Uh, there's also a link uh, at BehindTheParanormal.com, and the drawing will take place on the air on uh, Monday, October 7th. Now, our CBS radio edition on Sunday, December 8th, will mark our 500th official broadcast, not counting special shows. <laughs> We would love to hear your suggestions about what we should present that evening for our 500th show. Your favorite guest, an open line show, or some special paranormal topic for us to cover uh, on our own, as we sometimes do, or as Ben suggested last night, uh, a new guest we haven't had on yet. So please drop us a line one way or the other and let us know. Uh, again, that's December 8th. Alrighty. Now let us move on. Okay. Also, uh, Ben and I will be presenting Behind the Paranormal, A Cosmic Journey at the Harris Public Library right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island at 7 p.m. 
on Wednesday, September 25th. There's no charge, no registration, and there will be refreshments. So many thanks to our producer, Ben, himself, and next week, September 2nd, will be Labor Day in the U.S. There will be a rebroadcast on both our uh, CBS and WON shows. And we leave you with a thought from His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Our prime purpose in this life is to help others, and if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.